Fiends and horror hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? I'm doing great because we're joined by one of the best guests I could imagine us ever getting. He's the president of Troma Entertainment, creative force behind Toxic Avenger, Sergeant Kabuki Man, Class of Nukem High, and so much more. Our favorite resident of Tromaville, Mr. Lloyd Kaufman, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's all about you and uh, Rocco. And uh, thank you for making all this possible. Uh, I'm throbbing uh, to uh, talk to you about a subject I know nothing about. <laughs> you know all the subject about because we don't have anything here. It's going to be all you. Hold so on, thank sir. you so much. Hello? Hold on. Uh, uh, okay, fair enough. Here we go. Sorry. Uh, hello. Uh, keep going. What was the, uh, we were talking about something? <laughs> oh, no problem. So I did have one question because I got Troma now. So I've been going through all the library again, rewatching some of my favorites in preparation. And everything about Troma is so special and crazy. And there's so much madness going on. Do you still find yourself just as passionate today as you were way back when? I think more so because uh, I, uh, I think I'm a, a, a uh, less uh, influenced by uh, what goes on uh, around me. Uh, you know, when you're, you're trying to find your way, you, you know, you, you base on uh, great artists. Uh, you know, Picasso didn't paint these psychedelic uh, fo- uh, pic- paintings uh, when he was a teenager. He, he painted the way uh, Rembrandt did or whatever, you know. So it takes time to find where you're going. But I think the older I get, the more I don't give a shit about anything. And uh, it's kind of liberating. And uh, uh, with death, uh, you know, it, it could be, I could die right now. Uh, you know, so it's all, uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating period. Uh, <laughs> you know, someday, you'll, someday you'll be 76. <laughs> right now, I probably make no sense. But um, I think I'm, if, I'm probably more passionate because it's it's almost it's it's pretty much a hundred percent about uh, the art and and the movies that we are distributing. Uh, we, we don't look for horror movies. Uh, we don't look for action. We look for one of a kind. Uh, Mercedes the Muse. She is typical of our new uh, proteges in that she's a hundred percent original, and uh, uh, she's. Uh, um, dealing with feminism in a way that makes a lot of sense to uh, to me at any rate. And uh, she's going to be up there with James Gunn and Trey Parker and Matt Stone and Samuel L. Jackson with the, the great, uh, great people who have come out of uh, Tromaville, who've been discovered by Troma. Uh, you know, that's really what it's all about. You know, trying to, to, trying to make a movie that has... You know, that has a formula to it. Uh, it, you know, maybe it makes money, but uh, I think in the long run, uh, it doesn't lead you to a billion-dollar reimagining like uh, what's going on with the Toxic Avenger. You know, you have to. Oh yeah. You got to do what uh, you got to. You know, to that own self be true, and uh, if you can stick around a long time, luckily, uh, lucky for me, uh, <laughs> I. I'm still alive. 
with all the drugs and all the crap food I've eaten over my lifetime and all the stuff <laughs> I've done, stupid risks I've taken. Uh, but I'm still here. There, look at, uh, um, at Mozart. I just watched a documentary about Mozart. The greatest, uh, uh, greatest, uh, he's the, the William Shakespeare of music. There's nobody greater. And, uh, and uh, he, he died at the age of 30-something. Imagine where he would have gone if he could have lived longer. What a pity. Oh, definitely. All the things he could have done when he didn't care about what other people were thinking about him. Well, he did. You know, that's the interesting thing. He, he wanted to be commercial. Uh, he because he, he that's how he made money that's it just like today and in fact he had to book his own uh, 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 venues he did what trauma does he was like an independent uh, impresario he books the venue he, he prints up the tickets he sells the tickets <laughs> he hires the or- orchestra for those uh, uh, la- the, the later uh, Beaumarchais opera the Figaro Noche uh, de Figaro whatever the hell it is those were uh, commercial events, and um, but in spite of commercial events, like Hitchcock, he still had a, just a, the most amazing personal style and and putting it all together. Uh, you know, he's the Picasso, the, the William Shakespeare of the, of the medium of music. You know, you see? definitely. So uh, boy, boring. But in any event. Uh, <laughs> It's, uh, I think the key is to do what you want to do. You know, if you're going to go into the arts, you ought to make art. You know, it just, I think you can make a lot more money manufacturing uh, shoes or, um, <laughs> you know, there, there's so many niche things to sell and uh, trying to, to make it in, in the arts unless you have something in your soul that uh, obsesses you. Uh, I don't see it. It's not why, 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 what are you getting out? What's anybody? Yeah. You're producing a lot of schlock, which I guess sci-fi channel and uh, Netflix can play. Uh, but uh, you're not going to be around 30. Like Toxic Avenger was made in 1983. And uh, here it is 30 or 40 years later and uh, still around. You go to Walmart to, on my Twitter fans sent pictures of a Toxic Avenger action figure. That's a new thing that apparently is at Walmart. Which, so, yeah. Speaking of those action figures, about a week ago, maybe a little over a week ago, I was at Walmart and saw two of those figures. So I picked one up for me and Greg of the Dead. Where it's just like, yeah, we need these for my desk. Like, well, thank. Oh, it's sitting on the shelf right behind me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for getting them. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, they, they're not there. Uh, the, the fact that Walmart has them is not through us. It's that a big company must have licensed the action figures from us. And because the last time we had a deal with Walmart, we own a, uh, a Lassie movie, uh, Painted Hills, the Painted Hills uh, Lassie takes a dump, whatever. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the name of the movie is The Painted Hills, and uh, the Walmart took like 60,000 copies, uh, which we had to make. You know, we paid for them. And then they put the sticker over the dog. 
so that nobody knew it was a Lassie movie. And uh, we had to, <laughs> at one point, we had about 50,000 painted hills with Lassie VHS or DVD, VHS tapes sitting in the office. We had to, we had to get everything returned and uh, we lost a lot of money. So, uh, so the one selling point of it, the dog, they covered up. Yeah, the, the idea that it was a Lassie movie. Yeah, they covered it up. They didn't do it on purpose. So, you know, I guess they, you know, family choice or you know, some kind of a sticker. <laughs> so we got totally fucked. But um, some big company must have the licensing uh, for the big, uh, for this Toxic Avenger action figure. And by the way, uh, Hercules, Big Herc, Big Herc has put out a, a wonderful line of Toxie uh, shirts and underwear and women's underwear. Um, and um, I think there's some uh, message boards that deal now with the uh, women's underwear, the Toxic Avenger women's underwear uh, collections. Uh, it's amazing. He's, I, I, he sent me a custom-made uh, dress shirt, Toxie, uh, Toxie dress shirt. Uh, with uh, the, the collar and the whole thing, and uh, wonderful gifts for Valentine's. Also at uh, chomadirect.com. Uh, hold on a second. I'm just getting the water. I'm talking to you. Oh, no, you're good. I did see those shirts. They're awesome. I do want to get one. I feel like I'd get yelled at for wearing it out on a date, though. Oh, no. What says, what says Valentine's Day more than a Toxy shirt or underwear? Exactly. Like nothing's gonna get me in the mood more than if my wife takes off her pants and I see Toxie there. I'm just gonna be like, oh yes. <laughs> I was wondering, uh, looking back now, um, did you prefer making movies in the '70s or eight and '80s, or more now, like you know, versus like how easy it was be to get made versus now, or like how the feeling was? Well, uh, uh, Greg and Brett. Uh, when we started, uh, the making of cinema was still expensive. So it limited. You needed, if you're going to try to make a, a commercial movie, you'd have to have a hundred or two, you know, 200,000, 200,000 minimum if you're shooting 35 millimeter. Um, uh, so so uh, now we're liberated. We can make a movie for nothing, for zero and have it be broadcast quality and theatrical quality. So it's a totally different different world, really. Uh, when we did Squeeze Play uh, in 1975, uh, the, um, that was an unusual film because it combined uh, raunch, raunchy, sexy stuff with uh, a pretty sophisticated satire and slapstick satire. And, and uh, uh, it became a big hit. Uh, to the point where we had over 135 millimeter prints. And we did a series of raunchy, sexy uh, movies, R-rated, before the uh, Porkies came out. Uh, and uh, uh, I can't remember, why, why did I say that? What did you ask me? <laughs> oh, about making movies in the 70s and 80s versus now and which you prefer. Well, it was a much more... It was an elitist art, They're making movies in the uh, 60s when I began in the 60s. So this is my 50th, uh, more than 50th. I've been making movies for 50 years. And Troma will, well done. Troma will be 50 uh, next year, I believe. Oh, next so, year is 50. Uh, 
I, I think it's more fun now to make the movies because <laughs> you don't have to spend eight hours lighting a closet. <laughs> <laughs> Video is so much more fun. And you got the playback. You, you can burn a lot of footage, which I do. When I was shooting 35 millimeter, that was my one luxury. I had three cameras. I usually have three cameras and uh, take lots of takes. And uh, the one luxury was to burn thousands and thousands of, of feet of uh, 35 millimeter Kodak or Fuji, Fuji film. Um, so, so uh, you know, without, without that expense, without the lab and the cost of film, Shit. And the also the cameras you can handhold so much of it, and if you if you get desperate you can use your phone. I mean it's it's a whole different world. The making of cinema has been democratized, and uh, if you go to Troma now, oh, there's got to be a hundred new filmmakers. Who there weren't a hundred new filmmakers uh, uh, back when we were making movies uh, in the sixty in the seventies and eighties. There were very few because nobody could afford to make movies unless you had a company with, uh, you know, a hundred thousand bucks at least, uh, or you take loans, which you have to put up collateral and lose your house. So, so uh, now you can, anybody can make a movie. There's no excuse. You don't need the money. Yeah, it's definitely a better world now for that. You can make your own damn movie. And I've written some books, <laughs> five of them are all about making your own damn movie. So um, uh, if you're fans of filmmakers, uh, uh, get some of my books. And also uh, there's uh, Troma Now. I have a lot of video lessons where uh, you can see how we raise money or how we create a, a set for a hundred bucks or how we... Uh, do casting, uh, uh, sort of make your own damn movie videos that are on. Uh, and also the uh, feature length documentaries, Greg and Brett. Um, for example, Terra Firmer uh, has a feature length documentary behind the scenes, uh, Farts of Darkness. And I swear that movie, that documentary is worth more than a year of, of $80,000 film school. And a poultry geist, Night of the Chicken Dead, has a fabulous behind-the-scenes hour-and-a-half feature called Poultry in Motion, Truth is Stranger Than Chicken. Uh, and these documentaries are all on Troma Now, along with the uh, classics uh, and about uh, 900 other movies. Oh, there's a lot there. We we both have it. There is so much on there. Yeah, I was, like, blown away by, like, even, like, just the new releases for that month of, like, how many there were. Yeah, well, it's great. Again, Troma's become a uh, a school of filmmaking, kind of like the Hudson School of Painting. Uh, you know, there have been generations of Troma uh, young people who have made uh, our movies with us, with Michael Hers and me, and they all have gone out and, uh, making their own movies. Not all of them, but many of them have become life. James Gunn. He met uh, his editor on Tromeo and Juliet. He, uh, he met his best friend on Tromeo and Juliet. Um, uh, you know, this is a real experience uh, working on a Troma movie. And uh, right now uh, I'm producing a movie by a whole bunch of Troma alumni called uh, We're Deer. We're Deer. Uh, uh, werewolf, but they're deers. Uh, oh, that sounds great. Nice. Writing, directing, our... Um, uh, trauma alum uh, who had worked on hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm. 
but there's all sorts of, I mean, even James Gunn is, uh, uh, you know, if you look at his movies, uh, you can take the boy out of Tromaville, but you can't take Tromaville out of the boy, you know. Oh, rewatching, especially like that new uh, The Suicide Squad with Starro. Like as soon as Starro popped up and it was like almost the splash page. And it was just so much of like, oh, yeah, this guy, like you said, you cannot take the trauma out of the person, it doesn't seem. Yeah. Well, wait, have you seen The Peacemaker? I haven't seen I started it yet. It's on HBO Max. <laughs> it's great. It's wonderful. But you can also see the trauma in there. Uh, same with South Park. Uh, we uh, discovered them. Uh, that first season was uh, very trauma. And still, their um, head squashings and dismemberment and rats eating dead bodies. I mean, <laughs> it's in cartoons, so it's not as disgusting as in a, a trauma movie. You know, our stuff is very uh, uh, Marcel Duchamp, very uh, Dada, very uh, gra- graphic. And a lot of people uh, get offended. But when you do it in cartoons, not so bad. <laughs> Everyone laughs then. Much more acceptable, yes. <laughs> So you brought up casting, and that's this is one of the questions I've always wanted to ask if I got a chance to talk to you. I know you don't call the background actors extras. I believe you said acting persons, but you can never be bored when you're watching almost any Troba movie because there's so much going on in the background in a scene that would normally just be dialogue, um, like the party in Newcomb High or the gym in Toxic Avenger. Do you like have a direction for everyone back there and tell them what to do, or do you just kind of tell them, Okay, go wild here. No, we we uh, on return to Newcomb High and return to return to Newcomb High, Volume Two. Uh, there are two movies in one. Uh, Zach Amico, uh, who is my associate director on uh, Hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm and one of the main characters in my last few movies, he uh, he would in fact uh, create the action in the background. And um, uh, I would uh, approve it or, or add to it or build on it. And very often when I'm directing movies, I get more involved in the background action. Uh, yeah, I was looking at Waitress, uh, uh, made in 1980, I think, or maybe earlier. Anyway, it, uh, it, uh, it's one of those early uh, sexy comedies that we did. It was a big success. Uh, uh, but it takes place in a restaurant, a lot of it. And uh, anytime we're facing the windows uh, and you can see outside in the street, we, <laughs> we'd have some kind of crazy stuff going out in the street with uh, people uh, fighting or uh, strangling each other or, you know, just loon- wacky way in the background. You know, you'd really have to be paying attention to see it. But uh, people like you appreciate it. That's great. Oh, it's my favorite thing. That's how I know I'm watching Troma. If the background's wild, I'm like entertained just as much as what's going on behind the scene as the actual scene itself. Well, also the the actor persons very often come up with their own goofy things or funny things or or sick things. Uh, they they you know people who work on a Troma movie. They're not there to make a lot of money. <laughs> That's for sure. So what they're there for is to be creative, um, uh, take some risks work on something they believe in and something that will endure with the uh, uh, over over time that won't just be a uh, uh, you know a flavor of the day but uh, will uh, in 30 years have a uh, 
a remake or a reimagining made from hashtag Shakespeare's shitstorm or whatever. And they're there for, for the art. They're there for making their own damn art. And uh, so a lot of the creativity really does come from the actors and the actor persons. No question about it. I was wondering if um throughout like all the years, like you said, coming up next year's 50 years, um, is there a prop that you've held on to that you just could not get rid of? Uh, <laughs> it's a good question, Brett. I don't think there's anything that we've, you know, we've, we've actually, when we make a movie, a lot of the special effects stuff gets pilfered um, uh, because people are, you know, the people working on the movie are fans. They want souvenirs. <laughs> and I don't really mind because uh, they, um, we don't have any, uh, any money for storage. So uh, New York City is uh, crazy expensive. Uh, costs more to park your car in New York than uh, a family of eight can live in uh, Ohio, you know. So uh, we're just as happy if the fans uh, maintain and uh, preserve the legacy. Uh, I have archives at uh, the American Heritage. They have my archives. Stan Lee has his archives there. But they don't take props or, or prints or stuff like that. It's mainly papers. So uh, um, Stan Lee told me to give my stuff to them. I think it's University of Oklahoma. So um, it's good that the fans uh, value this and keep uh, keep uh, you know keep the legacy out there. So people uh, will the, the movies that Troma has made are uh, classics, and the uh, and many of the movies that we have distributed, like Cannibal the Musical. That's Trey Parker and Matt Stone's first movie. Uh, Tromeo and Juliet is James Gunn's first screenplay, uh, first uh, movie, his first professional movie, period. Uh, all, you know, this important history. Uh, and in fact, our movies are rather important too because uh, we didn't make Sizzle Beach USA, but it's Kevin Costner and Oscar winning uh, pretentious actors first movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an important film history and Samuel Jackson's first movie is uh, uh, Death by Temptation which uh, we uh, uh, find uh, we executive produced and I, I uh, shot a fair amount of it uh, so there's a lot of important film history with Troma so uh, you know it's going to be up to our fans to keep uh, keep it alive I think you know the company has a life Toxie has a life of his own and I guess the company does sort of have a life of its own but you know, really, the fans are the ones who are going to uh, go into the next generation. Uncle Whitey's going to be smoking those big doobies up in the sky uh, <laughs> soon. So, <laughs> and Michael, hopefully not soon. Be, he won't be long afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like you're saying, like uh, I would much rather have like the nuclear duck from Return to or Return to Return to Nukem High than like money. You know. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, yeah, and you only go, it goes fast, too. You know, life goes fast. I just, you know, turn around, and it's been 50 years making uh, <laughs> making failed cinema. that takes 35 years to uh, become appreciated by the mainstream. I don't have any more 35 years left. <laughs> Hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm, Greg and Brett... Uh, 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 Brett and Greg are going to be up to you guys to uh, because uh, uh, 35 years from now it will be the most important 
Shakespearean uh, adaptation of Shakespeare, I think, uh, period, in history. I don't, I just don't believe there's a better and more original and more profound uh, and true to Shakespearean adaptation of The Tempest than uh, hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm. And I don't think there's been any Shakespeare play that has been adapted for the screen as originally and as as Shakespearean in soul as hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm. I think if he were around today, he, he'd, he'd love it. I, I know that... Well, you guys did do Tromeo and Juliet. That was pretty close. Yeah, that's a very good film. That's a great film. Uh, and, you know, it was... But, you know, when we made Tromeo and Juliet, a lot of the fans said, yeah, you know, it's pretty good, but it wasn't nearly as good as uh, <laughs> Stuck on You or whatever. You know, they're never happy. <laughs> and then uh, after... Then when we do Terra Firma, yeah, Terra Firma wasn't bad, but, you know, it, it, Tromeo and Juliet, that was really the good one. You know, and then... Uh, during the class of Newcomb, return to Newcomb High, then they they say uh, uh, Newcomb High yeah, is all right, but you want to see a really great trauma movie, Terra Firma. That's the one. <laughs> it's time for people to, in fact, Combat Shock, which we executive produced, um, the uh, by Buddy G, uh, Buddy Giovanazio. It's the darkest movie ever made, and it took about twenty years to break even. But uh, I can understand why. But it's it's got a bigger audience today than it did when it came out in theaters, and um, it's a, a wonderful film. And you talk about your uh, boys and girls coming back from uh, the war and having PTSD. A com- a combat shock is about a Vietnam veteran uh, uh, with the PTSD, and uh, so that theme is uh, very present in today's society. I mean, Combat Shock is probably the best post-war kind of uh, movie ever made. It's the darkest film ever made. If you haven't seen it, you must see Combat Shock. I won't lie, I haven't seen that one yet. Is it on Troma now? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I will definitely do that right after we're done here. I'd love it if you uh, would send me an email and tell me how you like it. I definitely can. I can email Rocco and have him get back to you. <clears throat> well, you've got my email. Will do. Also, if you gents want uh, a critic's uh, a link for uh, uh, hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm, that's opening in New York on April 8th, uh, and the Museum of the Moving Image is premiering it on the same day. Uh, so it'll be a pretty big deal for us. So if you'd like to uh, review it, uh, we can send you a link. Just email me to remind me. And oh, definitely we will. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because I remember like seeing some of the um, making of it. I would say like it was like a year or two ago. Like I saw some like quick clips on like Twitter or something like that. And ever since then, I just have not like I cannot wait for Shakespeare shitstorm. Hashtag Shakespeare. Yes. Shitstorm. The hashtag is very important. The hashtag is important, especially nowadays. Yeah, it's part of the major theme of the sh- of the show. Uh, well, great. Uh, email Rocco CC moi, and me, and uh, um, we'll get you the link, and uh, you know, see if you like it. I'd love to know definitely. the combat shock. It's definitely not the typical. Uh, it's a trauma movie in that it's a one of a kind. And a masterpiece. 
but it's uh, it ain't uh, funny. <laughs> There's not a lot of laughs. <laughs> I'll definitely let you know what we think. Yeah. We're starting to run low on time here. So, Brett, you got one more. I'll get one more. Um, well, earlier you were saying about, um, of course, like James Gunn and whatnot. I wanted to know which of your cameos is your favorite, was your favorite to do. Because every time I watch a new James Gunn anything, it's always the f- game of fine Louis Kaufman. <laughs> well, he's a good guy. <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, he, he, that's a nice thing. You know, he tries to give us a little boost wherever he can. He's, he's still a trauma fan. And he's a sweet, a very kind-hearted, good guy. You know, real decent. Everybody who's come out of trauma, we've had really nice people uh, who've who've come out of our company. Uh, I, there's really haven't been any. You know, a, a small out of fifty years, maybe two or three real sh- shitheads and two or three crazy people. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, the people who've worked for us are really nice people in front of the screen and uh, behind it. Uh, uh, James Gunn being a typical uh, wonderful guy but uh, uh, I, uh, my favorite cameo is, I mean I've had some featured parts uh, where I've actually acted so I'm not going to count those but I have to think Rocky for me at the age of oh, yeah. uh, you know 1976 <laughs> to be in one of the greatest American movies of, of, of all time <laughs> The guy who brought you blood-sucking freaks to have a thing <laughs> yes. in Rocky. Uh, and you can't miss me in Rocky. <laughs> oh, no. Carries you in. Sets you next to another guy. Yeah. And I shot the uh, the exterior was shot in Philadelphia. And then I had to buy my own ticket to get out to L.A. so that uh, Stallone could carry me into the interior and dump me next to uh, the other bum. <laughs> <laughs> We're both from Pennsylvania. When I learned that the interiors weren't filmed in Pennsylvania, got a little sad inside. I'm not going to lie. I always thought the whole thing was filmed out here. Well, um, the pet store was because, uh, again, I was a pre-production supervisor, which meant that we shot all this stuff in Philadelphia, (laughs) trauma, you know, uh, non-union, using the crew from Cry Uncle. Uh, but the, the, the pet store, the, the when Rocky's punching the uh, carcasses, uh, no way you could have done that in L.A. Um, <laughs> no. uh, Philadelphia had uh, humans hanging up in the back. There were some interiors. There were some very, of course, the iconic shots from Rocky. You know, nobody ever, you know, when you ask people, what are the great shots of uh, Rocky? Great scenes. People don't, they don't really mention the fighting. They mention running up the stairs as a great uh, moment. Uh, they, I guess there is something in the ring that they mention. And then, of course, the, uh, the drunken bum they mention. <laughs> but it's the exteriors. Can you imagine Rocky all being faked in uh, L.A.? And originally... Oh, not at all. Rocky, originally, Rocky was a low budget. And and they were going to, uh, the bosses were going to uh, shoot it all in L.A. And Stallone and uh, John G. Avelson, the director, uh, pushed hard to film in Philadelphia. And the idea they came up with was that I would go there and get the locations. And then we'd bring out the uh, Cryonkle crew, uh, most of whom had either worked for Troma or John G. Avelson. 
uh, and uh, and shoot as many scenes in Philadelphia as we could. And Stallone would come out, Talia Shire, Burgess Meredith, uh, and um, and obviously the director and the producers uh, and whatever they had to bring out, uh, one or two other people. But it was basically uh, <laughs> the non-union uh, crew shooting all that stuff. And Avelson thanked me on the uh, Oscars, which was pretty damn nice because uh, you have to dig deep into the uh, rocky history to find uh, <laughs> any evidence of me. <laughs> but if you watch that's the- awesome, though. Yes, he thanks me. We had to kind of tiptoe a bit because uh, the unions were furious uh, when they found out that uh, uh, we had done this in Philadelphia. So uh, <laughs> we couldn't exactly blast it out that. Uh, the Philadelphia stuff was uh, all done by young people who really love cinema. All right. Well, last question. We'll let you get on your way. This, Since this is a horror podcast, I like to ask everyone, what's your favorite horror movie of all time? I have to say uh, Frankenstein. I, because I'm a narcissist and I can only talk about myself. But I love the monster and I always wept when the, when the villagers destroyed him. And Toxie is Frankenstein, but he lives, right? And and uh, yeah. there's a lot of fun. James Whale was a wonderful director with wit and and uh, I, I and if you read uh, my memoir, which I wrote with Mr. James Gunn, all I need to know about filmmaking I learned from the Toxic Avenger, which you can get on TraumaDirect.com or Amazon or whatever. A lot of you can get it used for nothing. It's a very good book and there's a whole chapter on the creation of Toxie and how uh, Toxie is heavily influenced by Frankenstein, Preston Sturges, Buster Keaton, and you name it. <laughs> Perfect answer. We both love Frankenstein, all the old universal monsters, so that's great. Lloyd, thank you so much for coming on. For real, it means a lot to both of us yeah. growing up watching trauma movies. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Where are you broadcasting from? Pennsylvania. Where? Uh, I live in Johnstown, which is about an hour from Pittsburgh. Brett lives in Altoona, about an, about 40 minutes from me. Because the 22nd Annual Troma Dance Film Festival, uh, you can look it up. Um, it's a free f- film festival uh, for the... Uh, you, it doesn't, you don't have to pay to submit your movies. It's the 22nd year, and we're having it at the Mahoning Drive-In in uh, Pennsylvania, which I don't know oh. too far. It's in the... Uh, those beautiful the Poconos. Uh, yeah, we I've been there actually. That's a very nice place. So uh, July, it's in uh, I think late July. Uh, check it out. Uh, it's all over the yeah. Troma. Troma's I think has posted it on the websites and whatever. Troma Dance, twenty yeah. second annual Troma Dance, and you should let your filmmaking friends know about it uh, because uh, you don't have to pay to submit. You can just send the links in and uh, or send in your. Uh, tapes or whatever you got uh, and uh, they don't have to you know, no entry fee put it that way so um and what's your favorite movie greg and and uh, uh i'm sorry greg and the other guy right <laughs> right what are oh you- man well if we're going trauma no. i i know it's the cliche answer i gotta go toxic avenger otherwise probably evil dead 2 you know, I would have said Evil Dead too. I that's the scariest fucking movie. That's the best, and and that's a case when the fanboys give, give us a hard time because 
you know, they're remaking the Toxic Avenger in Hollywood. You don't go to jail for making a sequel that's better than the original, right? You don't go to movie jail for making a good sequel or a good reimagining. There's so many sequels that have, Evil Dead 2 is a good example. It's even better than the original. Anyway, oh, definitely. Uh, Greg, what's your favorite? Or Brett, rather. Oh, my favorite. I'm going to say trauma movie. It's so hard. I'm going to have to say Class of Newcomb High, probably, because that one seems to be the one I rewatch the most. And as far as horror movies, I would go Texas Chainsaw from the 70s. Well, that also masterpiece. I saw it on a big screen um, not too long ago, a 35 millimeter, create, you know, new outdoor screen in Chicago somewhere. Uh, gorgeous. I mean, just masterpiece. Beautiful. I mean, you know, the movie's crazy enough, but the art direction, the look of the film, magnificent. I mean, it's a beautiful film. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. You are correct. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you can see the trauma movies are more, uh, they combine their Cuisinart of genre. You get horror, you get sex, you get politics, you get musicals, you get, uh, and not everybody likes that. You know, it's a cult uh, cult studio. That's what we are, a classic cult studio uh, that has left a huge footprint in the countryside of uh, mainstream cinema, but hasn't reached a big audience. We have yet to reach a big audience. But now that we're on throbbing throbbing for horror, um, I have a feeling uh, hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm is going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Oh, I cannot We'll do our best. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> well, thank you, Jets. You're good guys, and I uh, uh, really appreciate it. And uh, I hope, hope I get to meet you at uh, Mahoning. I'll be there. We'll be there, too. Thank you again so much, Lloyd. Yeah, well, let's you. make sure we uh, get together We're there. Definitely. All righty. Well, best wishes. Thanks a lot.